0: It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Daily Assist brought to you by our friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability. He's joining us, of course, makes the magic happen at Sports Illustrated. He's Chris Mannix with us here on The Big Show. And, Chris, you uh, told us you'd be joining us this week live from the bubble. So, I guess, how's it going down there?
0: Well, it's uh, early in the process. Um, Just got here Sunday afternoon, took my first coronavirus test on Sunday night. Uh, Still waiting on those results as we speak. And then it's, you know, daily testing, stay in your room, isolation for the next uh, six days. Um, If you come out clean after seven days of quarantine, you uh, are allowed to kind of roam around a little bit. And uh, do some work. But for the foreseeable future, I am uh, in my room
2: on lockdown. So you can't even leave your room. Wow.
0: No, they don't, they don't want you quite literally going anywhere. If you want ice, they'll bring it to you. They don't want you uh, stepping outside of your door. Do you think it's appropriate, the measures that uh, you're having to undergo? Yeah. I mean, look, it's. I think you know, erring on the side of caution is the right thing to do. I think, as we know, um, and as we've seen with the MLS, uh, you know, uh, an outbreak on a team could could ruin everything. And you could have teams that be forced to go home or recalibrate entirely and, you know, ruin the integrity of the postseason. So I think that, you know, what the NBA is doing, they're certainly strong measures, but I don't think they're inappropriate at all. I think that, you know, look, you've already seen some craziness out there as well. I mean, whether it's Bruno Caboclo or. Uh, Rishon Holmes with the Kings, you know, two guys that are now stuck in 10-day quarantines because they stepped outside the NBA-approved zone. You know, that's that's the way it's going to be. You either follow the rules or you find yourself on the sideline. And, you know, those guys learn pretty early.
1: Speaking of, uh, of rules, Chris, just curious. I mean, you're obviously a, a great sports journalist and, and you do uh, an amazing job telling stories. Uh, have they talked to you about what you can and cannot cover while you're you're in the bubble? I would imagine you can't just uh, just tweet out everything you see. Have they have they kind of messaged that with you?
0: No, I mean, look, you really can, and actually, they're they're for you know transparency, like they Interesting. want the world to know that they're uh, you know all their protocols, like they're not hiding anything. Mm-hmm. Like this is um, you know I asked that specific question just yesterday when we were getting our briefing, like because I'm going to write something for tomorrow. Uh, like how much of this do you want us to kind of put into the universe? They said all of it. It's fine. So, uh, you know, they're they're very open and very amenable to, to that stuff kind of getting out there. And uh, I think that's great. I think that's the only way you can do it. I mean, just, just be as transparent as possible and uh, hope that the protocols you have in place hold up. So just so I understand
2: this properly, Chris, after a certain amount of time, then every once you're in – and you're living by the rules, you can move about and uh, enjoy maybe some other activities and whatnot just the same way the players can?
0: Yeah, not exactly the same. Um, as far as I know, we can't play golf, so that's one thing off the table. But you can you can roam around the campus. You certainly can go to practices, which I intend to do uh, as we move forward Um you can, uh, you know, certainly you know, sit courtside at the games. I think it will be a huge plus for for my coverage and the coverage of other people that are in here. Uh, there's a lot you can do uh, as soon as that uh, that quarantine is over. But I tell you what, guys, it, it seems like a long way away. I'm envisioning myself on day five, you know, making a, a friend out of a basketball like Tom Hanks and Castaway, and you know, this and talking to it for the next uh, the next few days. So it feels like it's a long stretch to be to be isolated.
1: Chris, how do you digest the news today that uh, they had two positive cases out of the 322 uh, I, I would say players but I believe you know overall people that they tested on on July 7th what do you make of that news today
0: well I, I think it's important to note too that the players that tested positive were still in their initial isolation so it wasn't like they were practicing with their teams while being positive they were you know players and coach had to go through a hard 36 day um, uh Testing thing early on, and, and I believe if I read, it was reading this correctly. They tested positive during that that period. What's What's dangerous is if you have multiple players and multiple teams out there practicing while positive. That that indicates a failure in the NBA's bubble in the NBA system. That's why they're so diligent about players staying within their their uh, their confines. I mean, it's it's weird. I mean, it sounds like Rishon Holmes just basically ordered like Uber Eats and you know, stepped outside the NBA bubble for a split second to collect his food, but. That, that's the way it is. Ten day quarantine, right there, and I think that that sends a pretty strong message. To anybody that's trying to skirt the rules a little bit, maybe whether it's to bring somebody in or go somewhere else. I mean, that's you know, if you wind up costing your team ten days of your time, that uh, that says a lot. I agree with what you said, Chris. I, this
2: is the only uh, format. By which I feel confident watching watching a sport be able to really go forward. Uh, When we we've been considering the different difficulties for college football come fall, and I I just don't know how they can do it, Uh, but I do understand how the NBA can do it under these
0: conditions. Well, I mean the NBA, even though it seemed like at the time that it was the worst of of timings for it, could turn out to be one of the best. I mean they had to shut down, but they were able to cobble together protocols, they found a location and they're able to restart their season, we'll have a full playoffs. Whereas I just I mean I'm not a medical expert by any stretch, but having experienced this for a few days and, and just how tightly they're keeping their bubble, there's no way you can do this without creating a campus. So baseball I think is gonna have a tremendous amount of issues. Football, both college and pro, tremendous amount of issues. I mean I, I just look I, I just don't think until we get a handle on this virus, whether it's be a vaccine or people waking up and realizing that your day-to-day life involves, you know, staying in more and wearing masks every time you go out, uh, this is just going to be the way the way the way it is for the foreseeable future, and that you know, probably takes at least to the end of this calendar year.
1: So we knew Avery Bradley wasn't going to be the Laker with the Lakers. We find out today that Rajan Rondo has a broken thumb. He's going to be out at least a couple of months after surgery. How much does uh, the combination of missing those two guys hurt them?
0: Uh, it hurts considerably. I mean, you've, you've seen them have to already you know, go to the, the free agent scrap heap, if you will, to get J.R. Smith. They can't find somebody to replace Rondo. But uh, Rondo's one of those guys that, if history is any indicator, he'll be back well ahead of that six- to eight-week timetable. He just plays through a lot. And has really going back to his days in Boston, uh, but uh, you know if he's out for any period of time, especially that first round, it could be tough. I mean, the Portland Trail Blazers are out there, and if they wind up grabbing that number eight seed, I mean, look out in that first round. That's a dangerous matchup, especially with the Blazers getting Nurkic and Zach Collins back into that rotation. I mean, that that could be the nightmare scenario for the Lakers. I don't want mean, to I don't, wanna, I don't overplay the importance of a guy like Rondo or Avery Bradley because you still have LeBron and you still have Anthony Davis. Uh, but but that's the kind of nightmare matchup where if you have a depleted backcourt uh, and and you have two guys in the frontcourt that can match up with Davis, that's uh, that could be problematic. And that's where the, the loss of Rondo I think hurts the most.
2: Chris, what are you hearing about the progress players are making in practices and whatnot? Uh, are, are is it uh, is it looking well, uh, is it a good news scenario that teams are seeming to formulate back again and and, and be basketball players?
0: Well, I mean, we're still at that point where everything is awesome, right? Like, everybody looks great. This guy lost weight. This guy's in great (laughs) shape. And, like, I maintain that we're still not going to know anything until we get to the scrimmage portion of all this. We start to see what kind of game shape some guys are in and what kind of game shape they're not in, quite frankly. I mean, you you like what you've seen from Carmelo Anthony. looks like he lost a lot of weight. Uh, Rondo, before getting hurt, looked like he bulked up considerably. I mean, guys, a lot of guys physically look pretty good, but – I mean, you can hit the weights all you want. That doesn't put you in basketball condition. And, you know, let's not forget, shooting is a perishable skill. Like, if you don't do it for a while, uh, you eventually get it back, but maybe not in the matter of weeks that, you know, you're, that you're back in kind of the, the mix of, of, of a training camp. So I, I still think that we're a long way away from really understanding exactly where these teams are and if this is picking up where we left off or if something new kind of emerges.
1: Chris, switching gears just a little bit, and I know you cover boxing and not necessarily MMA. And in fact, I'm I'm not sure if you're passionate about MMA or not. But what do you think about Dana White's Fight Island concept?
0: Look, if, I think boxing and MMA are two sports that you you can pull this off reasonably well because you're not you know flying guys in for more than a few days at a time. Uh, you can keep everybody separate when it comes to training. You know, guys can do it on their own. They certainly lose something if they don't spar as often as they usually do, but you, you can still get yourself into boxing shape um, if you're uh, training on your own. So it is one of those, those – the combat sports are, or should be able to get back in the seat fast. It's just – now the question is less about safety as much as this how long will these promoters, including Dana White, wait to make marquee matchups without crowds because – I mean, we talk a lot about you know the NBA, how much they lose with the crowd. NFL, what would they lose? In boxing, for big fights, it's massive. I mean, take Canelo Alvarez, who still doesn't have an opponent for September. You know, he loses in the neighborhood of ten million dollars if he doesn't uh, if he doesn't fight. Money that goes, you know, a lot of which goes to him. So, if you're not going to get that live gate, I mean, uh, how long are you going to willing to wait for it? What if this extends to the next year? How long is it going to be before we get full crowds back in the stands? That's the biggest question when it comes to. To combat sports, they can come back and can come back safely, and they have uh, to a degree. But you know, I don't know when we're going to see marquee matchups without the ability to have you know kind of butts and seats.
2: Now that you're in the bubble, Chris, uh, have you had a chance to ruminate at all about uh, about has your opinion evolved regarding the possibility for big time surprises competitively speaking?
0: So no, I, I think we're going to have at least something wacky happen, and whether that means a Bottom four seed make it to a conference finals. Whether I mean somebody make it to the NBA finals, I don't know. I mean, there's, I, I, I'll put it this way: I, I would bet against chalk. That's for sure. Like I would, I'm not putting any money on a Bucks Lakers NBA finals. I'm just not. It's just too weird the situation. Too much can happen uh, over the next few months with the way these guys are playing that that could change things. So, you know, I remember the the 99 2000 season where the Knicks were the eight seed. They went all the way to the finals. I can see something similar happening in this circumstance maybe even wackier because you know that this at least that year you had the team start their season late but take it all the way through this is you know starting something entirely new and trying to get back into shape on the fly so i I think that you know every series could be compelling it really could because i mean how do these guys respond without fans who adjusts better i mean there's a mental toll that this takes on you i mean these guys you know have you know their, their needs catered you know as much as they want but you know let's Let's see how they're feeling, you know, mentally in mid-August when they're starting the first round of the playoffs. Are they still kind of locked in, or it has the mental toll of kind of being away from everybody, taking something off of them? So there's, there's a lot of variables here that that can't be accounted for until we get into them. I like the way you said that,
2: Chris. It's just too weird. It really is. Yeah. Well, Chris.
0: Yeah, we... It just it's it's a weird situation.
1: Oh, sorry about that, Chris. We appreciate you jumping on with us. Uh, stay well and don't go too stir crazy, man.
0: Yeah, that's you thing. got it,
1: guys. Thanks. Buddy. <laughs> yeah, our friend Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated with us here on ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty the Zone.
2: A lot of media guys are used to staying in hotel rooms, but to not be allowed out. And is there like a is there like a little latch in the door where they can slide your your meal under the latch? So
1: I'm not sure. I, I'm wondering if there are going to be enough handsome cabs available to take them over to the playing facilities.
2: <laughs> I just, I just wonder. Is it like, is it like Papillon? What a great movie!
1: Nice reference.
2: They they remade it. Did they? When did they remake yeah, it? Yeah, I think there. I think there's a remake of it. Who's in that? Uh, the original? Dustin Hoffman, right? No, it, it, I thought it was. Uh, wasn't it? Um, it was Steve McQueen, was it? I think
1: it was Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. Okay. Let me see here.
2: Like. I don't know. I, and it, I, I think a few years ago, it seems like somebody came, thought it was a good idea to make that movie. I, I always wonder about remaking movies that are kind of classics.
1: Yeah, 1973 was the original, 2017 was the remake that you're talking about. Cast Steve McQueen. One. Uh, start as Papillon, and Dustin Hoffman okay. as Louis Dega. Let's see if there's anybody else really. Uh, anyway, there you go, Papillon. Anyway, wait, wait, sorry, I was I was taken aback by your reference. I love it. So but what what were you comparing?
2: So, are they sliding a tray of uh, gross food under the door, or in the ca- this case maybe nicer food, but just sliding it under the I door guess. and shutting it real quick?
1: I think it all on to see didn't one of the players talk about this over the weekend. I think they're just in the the room service. Oh, it's Joe Eagles on the Joe Ingles show. Uh, the room service is just knocking and then they move along. So you open up the door and grab it.
2: I'm going if I were a guy like Chris, I would feel a lot more confident about moving around in that scenario knowing everybody had gone through this. Everybody except for the employees, which is a little troubling. But uh, most of the people that you're going to be anywhere near have uh, pretty well been cleared.
1: It is The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.